Ladies and gentlemen, you know exactly what time it is. Welcome to the Catitude Podcast on the Believe Network. I am your host, Anders Pryor. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you tuning in. Thank you for making us and me a part of your week. Um, hope you all are having a great holiday season. I, I got to tell you, I ate a lot of really good food. Um, I've eaten a lot of really good food in the past seven days, and I I will say I I, I haven't had t- too many uh, sweet potato casseroles, but you know I've I've had some where it's a marshmallow sort of shell, and then I've had one where it's like a pie crust and like a brown sugar kind of situation, almost like a candied sort of thing. And I will say now I feel pretty strongly that that the latter is the way to go. Um, and I'm not a huge sweet potato person, but I that was the one thing on on in the in, on the menu in the kitchen that I I think I got a third helping of. Um, unfortunately, where I went for Thanksgiving, there was no mac and cheese, which was a real bummer because that's my favorite side, and I'll, and I'll look for any any excuse to get some good mac and cheese. That's kind of one of the litmus tests that I use to decide how good of a cook someone is is how they make their mac and cheese. Um, and what I also learned, and I and I, I, I had some good, you know, I had a, lot, I had a lot of good food. One of the things that I did learn recently was that there's this understanding that it's stuffing or dressing. In my kind of, what I've learned now in the, over the past, in the past few days is that it's actually, what it really is, is that if the stuff that we, whatever we call it, is in the bird, it's stuffing, and then if it's not, it's dressing. Um, I always called it stuffing regardless, but now I kind of have a better understanding um, of, of of kind of that. So hopefully some of you can go and, and settle some debates with your obnoxious cousins. Um, but what we're really here to talk about today, aside from making myself hungry, uh, is a, a really successful... Uh, Thanksgiving break uh, for the students here on campus of of Villanova basketball um, and multiple great wins and we learned a lot we were reinforced on some things and there's a lot to talk about so let's get right into it and don't worry we'll we'll get I know the rankings came out today here on this Monday we'll get to that later but let's talk about the games first. So we can begin with, we'll begin with Texas Tech, but I'm going to talk about all the games because I feel like all of them were really good for uh, different reasons um, and showed different things that I can be optimistic about um, in in some ways. so the, the, the Texas Tech win I thought was good because it, I thought demonstrated our ability to win in a sort of variety of ways up until this point, you know, our wins have been like the first two, you know, first two wins were blowouts, right. Against kind of cupcakes, right. Which not all of us were excited about because, you know, it was a signal that the season was starting back up, but it was nothing really super surprising. And then, we beat Maryland in a game that just on the pure numbers sense was extremely low scoring, not even 
I don't even think 110 points were cracked, which is like if if you're below 120 in college, see that's like really low scoring. Um, and so you know we could we could win via high scoring blowout. We could win in kind of like a a, a low scoring rugged sort of thing. But then what was I thought was good about us with Texas Tech is the the key word I want to use throughout this episode is efficiency because we went up against a team like Texas Tech that was that is very similar was and is very similar to Nova um in that the pace would be slow and there's a big reliance <clears throat> on the three ball um and we saw on the broadcast and you can like go back like the the Texas Tech was holding I forget what the exact average was but they were holding teams in like the low 50s consistently which is like super super impressive um and what they were doing up to that point on defense and we scored in the I believe in the in, in the we just scored you know in the 80s on that I was you know I kind of went into it I, I thought that we were better um I I kind of expected it to be in like the you know winning in the from in the low 70s to the mid 60s and and that sort of range but it was it was total you know a complete dismantling of of their defensive scheme and I thought a lot of that was efficiency you know they said in the pre, like whoever controls the pace will you know they'll they'll be victorious and we played the kind of slower and methodical pace that we, you know, sort of tend to play. And when you make your shots and you're efficient, you know, especially from three, which is important, like a team like against a team like Texas Tech, which shoots a lot of threes and thus is more prone to making them and thus scoring more. Those are shots that are important because if we can wind out a lot of clock and then make their shot, and then make the shot, and then they come down, and they miss their shot, then we come back and do the whole 25-second process again. Um, And that principle is really important, and, you know, if we had, you know, started off, you know, a little bit skittish, you know, especially from three, or, you know, maybe we couldn't find enough momentum on the free throw line or something like that, then when you are slower... It's harder to like you, you. You need to go on like a like make you make you know four or five or five or six to like really get back into it. But we were efficient enough, you know, from the start to just keep chipping away. And you know the 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 kind of defensive fatigue that they like to apply to teams doesn't doesn't work. So then it's like okay, well we're we're you know they're you know we're we're slow. They're slow. Both teams are tight defensively. You know both teams kind of known for their sort of defensive presence on the court. It's like, okay, well, if they they're if they make, you know, sometimes if, if a team is making more shots than you, you can, like, whether it's making threes instead of twos or getting the foul line and stopping the clock and playing the, you know, the defense that you want to make or whatever or, or targeting, you know, the bad free throw shooters. There's ways to work around that. Um, here there weren't. And it really was, you know, when you have two teams that are, that methodical and that good on defense, whoever makes more shots more effectively and more efficiently comes out on top. And that's what Gal Neptune and the Cats did. And, it, you know, so we can 
play, you know, in terms of like from like a matchup standpoint, we we can beat teams that play similarly to us and have similar strengths as us where, you know, we don't take those things and kind of just constrict you for 25 seconds and then, oh, boom, there's a three. Or, oh, boom, you know, there's Eric Dixon with the N1 or something like that. So I, I thought it was really positive to see. And especially as we get to, you know, go into more auto-conference play and as we play teams like that that are more similar to us in those respects, um, I thought this was a showing that we, we can beat those kinds of guys with this group. Um, and we have the talent to be efficient enough to do that um, from a true shooting percentage standpoint. So I thought that that was really, really positive to see. And, and against a team, you know, let's say, you know, like Seton Hall um, or to, or St. John's to a lesser extent, but but still, um, we can, you know, that that kind of stuff will will continue to work. And I thought that this, especially as an out, uh, impressively at an out of conference opponent on a neutral side, that was really impressive to see. Now the second uh, win was against UNC in overtime, uh, first uh, first um, overtime win of the year. Um, so we got that checked off because that is a skill; it, it requires endurance. Um, and it requires discipline from a standpoint of staying out of foul trouble. So we took care of that. Um, and they are a group that <clears throat> is more talented than us, UNC being. Um, because up until this point, and even before them, they... You know, we have been the most talented or more talented team and more talented roster of everyone that we that we had played at that point, regardless of winning or the loss to Penn. So this was the first time that we played a group that straight up had more talent than us and was just a better roster with, you know, as far as we know, a better and more proven coach. Um, so I thought that that was really important because we're going to get to a point you know, when we get to conference play where, you know, like to put it bluntly, like Marquette has a better team than us. UConn has a better team than us. You know, Creighton has a better team than us. Those are just facts. And so you need to be able to work around that by staying true to yourself and by being consistent and, you know, not being super overpowered by, you know, the, the, the circumstances that you're in again it was you know neutral site court um and situationally you know we made the free throws down the stretch Kyle Neptune was effective in terms of when to call timeouts in terms of when to use the the you know the baseball pass um you know you know the quarterback stuff like late in the game with all those passes and, and stuff and all the clock and you know, when to run away from a foul and when not to, all, the, all those kinds of things. I thought that was handled really, really well. And, and against a well-coached team like UNC, you know, with a lot of older, you know, with a mix of really talented youth and a lot of, ex, you know, experienced people that are coming back, um, that that's really telling. So I thought that th- that specific win, and, I, and I'll just say this too, I, I know that people, I, I don't, I... I Personally, I know that in sports there's a big debate on whether or not moral victories actually do exist. 
I personally don't really have a super strong uh, uh, opinion on it. Um, I, I thought, you know, um, I, I think you really do. I think I think you do have to take it game by game. Um, but I will say that I would have been satisfied with a close loss um, because I thought that this team, you know, like last year we had the Michigan State close loss, and I, and I think a, a lot of people, that was the loss that a lot of people stepped away feeling the best from um, because that was a game where the the takeaway was, okay, here's the gap between Tom Mizzo and Kyle Neptune. And now here we are this year with a similar opponent in a similar kind of matchup. And it's like, okay, boom. Like all that stuff's taken care of. And remember what I talked about a couple weeks ago. Okay, what's the level for Kyle's success? It's like the actual better at the coaching component of it. And this was the clearest, one of the clearest, you know, that, that I, I thought, you know, down the stretch, he was great in terms of how he manipulated the clock and what he and who he played and what he played, all that. So I, I was really, I, I would, that made me feel really optimistic. And that makes me feel really good about UConn and Creighton and Marquette. And to be fair, in all fairness, those three teams, I would say, are better than UNC. I thought they were better than UNC before the game and after the game. Um, but I thought that the the you know that was a great win for Kyle specifically, um, and so it makes me more optimistic about the tougher conference play that we're going to have at later points in the season. The last game against Memphis to win the tournament to win the win the Invitational um, battle for Atlantis. Um, I gotta say that 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 trophy with with the conch shell that's really cool. I, I didn't I, I don't remember if they've always had that or not, but that's really real. was really cool to see. Um, but what I will say is, you know, there's the whole, you know, would, would Javon Quinterly, uh, uh, revenge game, um, did not really happen. Um, was weird. It actually, it took me a sec to like figure out which one was him actually. Cause I was so, I was, I was so baked in to, to kind of just associating him with, with, in, in a, in a Bama jersey, um, that which I I can't really figure out why I mean I don't know like whatever, um. Once you get to three teams, it, it's kind of, it's got to be you I, I think and you know we all you know all the character stuff whatever but I feel you know when we we kind of figure that about him but you know two teams you get another chance and okay it's really good. we when we see that happen all the time people just need to change the scenery if it's three teams like that that's you. Um, and to be fair, there were five, you know, they're Hardaway's a great coach. I think in, you know, in, in what he's done there and his winning percentage and all that, they're, they're consistently in the tournament and there were five and no coming in. And that was an instance of a win where we kind of learned a few things and we saw a few things. And again, like, just like I said, at the beginning of the episode, a lot of boxes were checked in this kind of three-game span for in the battle for Atlantis. So, one, we got a big lead early against a non-cupcake, right? Like Memphis, that's a real program. They're not a cupcake. They're a real team. And then what happened was 
you know, because of this, so because of the style that we play, that kind of more methodical sort of feel, you know, where you drain a lot of the clock and you and you and you, str- you strangle people at the free throw line, and you just make them one after another over and over and over again to a point where it becomes intimidating. The idea of let's call it momentum is not really standard. Like that's not a consistent thing that we see typically with Nova. Like just the style of play doesn't call for it. But I thought that we played with so much urgency and so much pace. And I thought that Bamba was great in space. And I thought that Burton was great in space. And even when we did settle down, like the urgency of his cuts were great. Um, it was fantastic to see. So we, A, got the lead quickly, um, overpowering a non-cupcake. B, did it with pace and with a sense of momentum that we don't often see from us and teams like us. And then C, Memphis made a run and we, we, we handled it, right? We didn't, you know, we because coaching having you know coaching towards a lead is one thing coaching to maintain a league or excuse me coaching to maintain a lead is a skill um it was one that we saw with Neptune last year with some 10 point leads and stuff like that now to be fair this was a this was in the you know this was getting into the 30s and the 40s but the you know the the seventeen nothing run that happened like push holding that off and making sure it doesn't burn out into something crazy like that is a skill, um, and they and they did that because they are talented. The Memphis is a talented team. They'll be in the tournament again this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished the year with five or six losses, frankly. Um, but what I will say, you know, we kept them at bay and allowing teams to go on leads, which shouldn't happen, you know, and you can criticize and you can, you know, allowing that to happen. You can blame the players. You can play, blame Kyle, whatever you want. You can play a mix of both, but we kept them kind of, we were settled and we didn't let it get to us too much. And sometimes you, you look up and you see the scoreboard and then you look down and you look up five minutes later and it's changed more than you want. And you kind of, everyone kind of starts to freak out and tighten up. I thought that we kind of stayed mature, stayed the course and stayed, you know, you know, deep breath. We're good. Like, let's just keep, let's just, let, let's stay, you know, where, where we're at and what, when, the the pace didn't change the style didn't change it, i thought it, i thought it was good i thought that there was an appropriate amount of consistency and lack of adjustments for when that happened you know outside of you know maybe playing dixon or more for more minutes than than you'd maybe like you know at the 10 minute mark of the second half but but again like that's his choice right so he he acknowledged what would happen and say you're gonna we're gonna go back in, but let's not you know stiffen up too much. So it was good. Uh, so so there you go. So like three wins against three very different opponents, in winning in three different ways and showing, you know, a variety of attributes. And so we learned a lot, and that makes me feel really really 
really confident going into the rest of the year, you know, I feel like being able to win in different ways is really, it's it's a skill. It's really important because um, I feel like sometimes Nova has this super set way of winning. And everything that we played was Villanova basketball, like all the stuff, like the, the, the cores of it, you know, like they talk about it all the time on the broadcast. Like it was all there, but small tweaks and we can make a lot of different kinds of them against a lot of different kinds of opponents. And I think huge props to the players and huge props to, to, to Coach Neptune. So I'm, I'm really excited about all that. And I, I felt really, I feel really, really, really good. Now, what a lot of people are talking about are the rankings, which have Villanova at 18, which I think is a spot that I think most people would would put us at, given the resume we've built up at this point. Um, I think the big thing for everyone is who's at 17, which is UNC. Um, so why are they ahead of us if we beat them? Now, you know, it's rankings, you know, there's the, the, the whole process, different people value different things more, um, especially at different points in the season. Now, I, I would have personally felt, I didn't have a super strong number set to me, anything between 15 and 20, I would have been happy with 18 feels, feels right to me. Um, now in regards to UNC only dropping three spots, which I, I don't hate, um, just in a vacuum with them still being ahead of us is a problem to a lot of people. What I will say is this to, so to me, there are two big reasons why I think this happened why I think UNC is still ahead of Nova and I'll but I'll and I'll get to you know the third kind of concluding thing in a second so the first being that the one so the win that UNC has against Arkansas is a better win than any other win that Nova has outside of UNC. And and if and if you and you know the the out of conference stuff like up until this point like it, it's it's relatively even in terms of strength and 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 um strength of victory strength of opponent like and all the kind of factors that you want to throw in there um but that's the first thing is that the like their best win, which is Arkansas, is stronger than any of our wins against you know whether it's Memphis or Texas Tech or Maryland. Like I, I just talked up these wins and how great they were, but their win against Arkansas is better than all of those. That I will say. So that's the first reason. But then the second reason that I will give, and I and I think that of the two, this is probably more important, is that. UNC and Villanova both have one losses. They both have one loss, excuse me. And UNC's one loss is, is to Villanova, 
who's now ranked 18th, and Villanova's one loss is to Penn. So, I think, you know, there's this idea of strength of victory and strength of schedule. I think that strength of loss, you know, who you lose to, I think matters. Um, I think last year, like, the sort of head the, the the sort of tail end of okay, well we know we're not making the tournament was when we lost to DePaul. Right? Like that was kind of the, 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 the big you know, that was kind of the tip of the punching bag. So I you know, who you lose to matters and if we are and you have to be consistent because if we are as good as we say we are, then excuse me. If we are as good as we say we are then UNC shouldn't be docked that much for losing to us. So so for those two reasons, that and then Arkansas being a better win than any of the wins that we have outside of UNC, I, I get it, right? My response to that would be, and I and I know that in in college, head to head is not quite as important because as it is in college football. Because in college basketball, you have more games, and thus each game as a standalone is less significant. Um, but to me, if the if the if the Associated Press and, and 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 let me make that clear, this is in the Associated Press poll. The coaches poll actually has Villanova at 15 and UNC at 16. But I'm talking specifically about the AP poll because that's the one that most that everyone kind of base this off of. Um, if Villanova and UNC, according to the AP poll, are close enough within broad stature to be within one spot of each other and it's that close, then to me, head-to-head is significant enough of a factor to have it flipped. And when I say flip, I mean literally having Villanova at 17 and UNC at 18. That's literally all I am kind of pointing to. Um, I'm not asking them to take UNC off the rankings. Um, I actually think that 16, 17, 18 for them is perfect, I think. Um, But I I think if you're going to have them that close, then you have to take into consideration who beat who. Um, So... If you look at the ranking, like so, like Florida Atlantic beat Texas A&M, right? And Florida Atlantic FAU is thirteen, and Texas A&M is fourteen, so they're within one spot of each other. So I would understand the frustration of like if Texas A&M was thirteen and Florida Atlantic was fourteen, then you would have a thing of like, okay, well, if they're that close to each other, like literally one spot, then shouldn't who beat the other be the tiebreaker? And you see that there because it is Florida Atlantic one spot of head to Texas A&M. So I think that the same rule of logic should be applied for us in that we're one spot from each other. Nova beats North Carolina. Villanova's ahead by one spot. Um, but I don't hate it. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think... 
especially in judgment of where other teams that are close to us are, I think it's about I think it, I think it's about the right ranking. Um, you know, I think right now we would be in as a five or a six seed. Um, my guess is that we'll probably finish the year as a four seed. Um, I think we'll we'll we'll. I don't think that I think to go as a as a as a one or two as a one or two seed, we would need to sweep one of UConn, Marquette, or Creighton, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, but I think all things considered, it's the right spot and it's a good spot, and so, um. I really have nothing. To, I I'm not worried. I I, I liked everything that I I I've, I've seen. Um, huge shout out, especially to Eric Dixon, not just for the scoring. Be, and and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about him kind of later in the week. I want I kind of want to talk about him. I want to do a broader thing on him after the St. Joe's game, but I'm really curious to see how his offensive role and kind of status on the team continues to evolve and continues to expand and how we should view the dynamic between him and Justin Moore who are the clear one and two how their relationship should evolve over time but I'm going to talk more about that later in the week after St. Joe's um but big time on him for a career high and he was super instrumental in all three wins. Um, so there you go, guys. Um, nice, 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 quick 30-minute uh, post-Thanksgiving uh, Villanova basketball talk for you guys. Um, really excited with where this season is going. And I'm really excited that you guys are continuing to uh, stick with me on this, on this journey. Uh, thank you so much for making us a part of your week. This is the Catitude Podcast on the Believe Network. I have been your host, Anders Pryor. I'll be talking to you guys later this week. Stay warm, go Cats, and happy holidays.